0: And should women be worried?
1: Well, and we should, worried gets us nowhere, but it's good to be aware.
0: I, I love that, by the way. I love that. I love that. You you straight away just called me out on that. It's like, no, 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 Daniel, worrying will get you nowhere. I, I absolutely love you. I love you. Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to an episode of the Primal Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James. And today, oh, I've got a treat for you. I know I say this every single week, but today is going to be a real treat. I've got an absolute gem for you. Today, I've got Dr. Susan Brown, PhD, and she's a best selling author of the, uh, the Acid Alkaline Food Guide, which has been translated into seven languages and Better Bones, Better Body. She's also a noted researcher inspirational speaker and founder of the Center for Better Bones and Alkaline for Life. Dr. Brown's devoted 40 years of her career pioneering, pioneering the natural approach to bone health, exploring promising nutritional and lifestyle bone building pH therapies and educating the public around these therapies, as well as working one-to-one with clients all around the world. She was the first to prove that using natural method, methods for nearly every single woman can help build strong bones for life. Oh, Dr. Brown, one introduction. I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. How are we?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun because there's so much information about bone health, so much new information, and so many ways women, particularly, are disempowered around their bone health that I'm really happy to share this with your audience. I've lectured in London before and it was really fun. And now, even now, there's so much more information. So let's get to it.
0: So, can I just ask you, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Why have you taken such an interest in bone health?
1: Well, you see, my, well, there's several reasons. Number one is because my grandmother, who I really loved, who was very dear to me at 101 years old, she was in the bathtub. She lived by herself. 101. She fell down in the bathtub. What we were doing, allowing her in a bathtub at 101, I don't know, but they were country people. She fell down and she broke her hip. So they put her in bed and they said, do you want to see a doctor? She said, nope, I've seen one before. She said, I'll be fine. She said, I've taken care of my sons, my boys for a hundred years. They can take care of me. So she, she went to bed. She was perfectly coherent. She stayed in that bed for a year and died a year to the date. And she died at 102. And I always thought, how long would she have lived if she didn't have osteoporosis? Now, the trick to this is that I was an anthropologist and I did not realize that she had, I mean, we knew she fractured her wrist. We knew she'd lost a lot of height, but I didn't realize she had rickets and rickets is where you get these bowed legs, where Mm. you actually have a weakening of bone because of vitamin D deficiency. So she had osteoporosis and rickets. I was just a young anthropologist and we didn't pay enough attention to it till a friend of mine from South America. I was working in Colombia and a Colombian friend came here and she said, You know, your grandmother has rickets and osteoporosis. I never paid any attention to it. But then when she fell, I realized that this was the rate, this was the life limiting factor in her health. She was totally mm. acute of mine. And the most interesting thing is she never complained one minute about pain, she never complained a single bit, although she was very crippled from both the rickets and osteoporosis. So the quest was how long she would have lived. And about that same time, I was um, studying with uh, some dentists in Iowa, in in Colorado, who were looking at mercury toxicity from dental fillings. And you have probably talked about that here. Hale Huggins, one of the original researchers, and they, they, told me that I had some signs of periodontal disease. I said, you got to be kidding, because I knew then that periodontal disease wasn't receding gums, and more importantly, periodontal disease is a sign of bone weakening. Mm. So then I got from my own concern, I started working with osteoporosis, and as an anthropologist, I said, let me look around the world and see, in other cultures, do as many people fracture? I mean, in this culture, they're saying that a half of the women will have some fractured, I think it's an exaggeration, but mm-hmm. that's what the, the societies say. I think probably it's more like a third of the women, but a meaningful fracture. But nonetheless, I that's the first book, Better Bones, Better Body, because I said, is this true all around the world? And I simply found it wasn't true, but that's how I got interested, a combination of my grandmother and my own particular health. So I moved my career as an anthropologist to do more nutritional anthropology and then focusing on bone health and how... We can have that, that great bone health that every animal in the forest has.
0: So when you're doing again, this isn't in my show notes, and I knew we were going to do this. Do you know when I, was, yeah, yeah. I, I heard you on the podcast? I was just like, no matter where we go with this, we're just going to go down some rabbit holes. So when you were doing all that research, <laughs> yeah. obviously I'm assuming we're talking about the Western culture has a problem. Right. In your research, what did you find about other cultures and why do they not have a problem that we do have?
1: Well, there's many, many this that that, the first version of that book was written probably 25 years ago. And there were many, many cultures that had very low fracture rates, people living traditional lifestyles, people that are not exposed to all this processed food that we have, people that actually were physically active. You know, we. We forget that the body was designed for activity. Hmm. And today you can turn on a light without even by just saying something, you know? So it's like, it's like, we're, it's like, we are, we, we are, uh, (laughs) we were, we're not, uh, we're not living according to our evolutionary path and our evolutionary dictates, like which is having a very high mineral diet, having a lot of physical activity, not interfering the body with all these medications that we do today, which really throw the body out of balance. And so this is, yeah, there are many cultures and even even in parts of Europe. uh, Europe together, there'll be six times a different fracture rate in different areas. And it has to do with the lifestyle, the activity, the eating patterns, the physical activity, Uh, The use of medications. I mean, Mm. 20 percent of all osteoporosis, 20 percent in Western cultures is caused by steroids, prednisone, a Mm. a full fifth. So and much less other medications that we can talk about. But it was very different. Yeah.
0: No, no, so say uh, what can we just define what osteoporosis actually is? So, people, I know, I know, uh, uh, specifically, it affects uh, women. I know that women are, uh, they know about it from a very young age, but I know it affects men as well. But for some people have never heard of it, like what yeah. actually is osteoporosis?
1: Well, you know, this takes us back to my grandmother's story because originally, the original definition of osteoporosis forever was bones that are. Uh, so weak that you fracture needlessly, like you fracture from a standing position. You're just walking, you fall, and you fracture. In other words, it was a kind of a proof of the pudding definition. When you sh- when your bones show that they can't support everyday activities, that's called osteoporosis. My grandmother's case, for example. But then in 1994, they made a whole new definition of osteoporosis, and they defined it by bone density. And this, of course, is what's happening today. And this is what we see in the U.S. So many women are terrified because they tell them they have a low bone density. But bone density really doesn't distinguish, cannot tell you fra- bone strength, and it cannot predict fracture. So that's a whole other topic. And we'll get into that because it's where women are very frightened many times needlessly and where women need to become empowered and understand what's going on. But osteoporosis is when the bones... When you break down too much bone and build up too little bone and the bones become weak. If you think about it, Dan, if you think about it, when you're little, you're tiny, tiny, and you build a lot of bone, you break down very little. You get nice, strong bones. By 30, maybe you're strong or 20, you're going to be as strong as you're ever going to be. Then you start losing some bone because bone is always very active. You're all the time breaking down weak spots. Like there's 2 million sites in your body right now where you're breaking down old, worn out pieces of bone. Little cells are eating up that bone. And other cells are building up new bone. So if you break down more than you build up, you're gonna lose bone. And that's what happens as people age. And because of many lifestyle factors, we start, as we get grown and get our full bone mass, we start breaking down bone much more than we build up. So we always want to look for ways to stimulate new bone formation. Osteoporosis is the development of bones that are so weak that they can't stand up to everyday load put upon them.
0: So what sort of things could potentially be weakening or damaging our bone health that we don't actually realize? Because I think people are so afraid of um, the, the main things, but there's a lot of things that they don't actually realize. So they're trying to take all these supplements or whatever it is to be like, oh, bone health, bone health, bone health. Yeah. But if they're not actually addressing what could be weakening the bone, they're fighting a losing battle. So what sort of stuff could potentially be weakening the bones that people don't realize?
1: You know, it's interesting. The Canadian government, has made a list of the canadian researchers of 125 causes of osteoporosis okay. <laughs> and you can see that and for example if we pick at the pot, the most the most striking ones in this culture there is of course the importance of physical inactivity that you know the bones respond you to the load you put upon them nature is not going to waste time and energy making strong bones if you don't use them so certainly exercise and physical activity is really important. There is an issue of our modern lifestyle is really very depleted in minerals, mm-hmm. calcium, magnesium, zinc. We think of calcium, but magnesium is probably more important. The mineral deficiency ranges is caused by everything from soil depletion to the fact that we just we just don't eat enough vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. We grab convenience food, quick food. We have a slice of bread and a hot dog and we say, Hey, I'm, hung- I'm not hungry anymore, <laughs> but you're not getting the nutrients. And that takes us to this cause of osteoporosis, which is a chronic acid state, chronic low-grade metabolic acidosis. We can get in that, but our it's basically reflects mineral deficiency. And I think in Europe, actually, they're, they're experimenting with grinding up rocks to see mm-hmm. if they can enhance the mineral in the soil, because our soils are becoming depleted due to farming practices, particularly here in the U.S., and people don't eat. The average person in the United States, uh, one third of the people do not have even one vegetable or one fruit a day.
0: But the thing is, it's also not even that. The, the vegetables or the fruits they think they're getting are from a Subway. So it's not even like it's good quality stuff when they are eating it. So I think I've got a lot of clients that are from America. Yeah, And again, I used to live there myself. I used to live in Iowa. So I know exactly what it's like. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it it is absolutely shocking to me how uninformed people are about nutrition as a whole so obviously there's people like yourselves again Dr Bob Rakowski on the podcast as well so there's pioneers like yourselves that are trying to help people but fundamentally on a level most Americans and most people in in other parts of the world don't actually understand how to eat healthy in any way shape or form they think that a subway is healthy Yeah, yeah
1: yeah It's interesting, we've made a disconnect between the fact that you have trillions of intelligent cells, and each one of those cells not only has intelligence, but it has certain requirements to do thousands of things every second. And you must provide it with the basic materials, the vitamins, the minerals, the essential amino acids, the fats, and every place they scratch a surface, you find that we just aren't just take potassium alone. Now, potassium is very important to bone health because it helps. It comes in a form in the food, potassium citrate, that turns into bicarbonate. So it's a major alkalizing factor. The average person in this country eats half of the potassium. That's the vegetables, beans, nuts, and seeds that they need. And they have no idea that they have to have at least 13 servings of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds in order to have a balanced pH if you just do it alone with diet. (sighs)
0: Straight away.
1: And it's that possible because we don't do that activity anymore. You know, it's like our genetic machinery still needs it, still needs high potassium, high magnesium, and even more because of the toxic burden today. But we, we don't do the exercise where we can have all that food, you know, that we, mm. can, that we can use all that food, but our genetic machinery did not change. This is,
0: I knew uh, this is an amazing podcast. We've only just started um, because we're going to have so many guests on and we're all saying the same thing. And essentially yeah. what we're saying here is that the world, I say this to my clients, the world is set up for us to fail. Fast foods, ease, exactly. convenience. It's, it's a lot easier to stay at home in America, exactly. watch Friday night football, whatever it is, like watch the Super Bowl, order in some food, eat or eat potato chips. It's really yeah. easy. And more importantly, it's cheap. It's cheap yes, to do that. Exactly. It's exactly. expensive to actually buy the good quality food. But what people don't understand is that fundamentally the body is made up of a collection of cells and what people do people get headaches they're tired lethargic bloating whatever it is i'll take a tablet for that i'll take a pill for that well let's just break it down and go back to a cellular level are you actually giving your cells fundamentally what they need and even people that come to me for fat loss Do you understand that fat loss requires calories? Do you understand the body actually needs certain minerals to start the fat loss process? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Okay, so let's just start with actually getting you eating good quality foods first.
1: Yes. Mental mental
0: health, so I've got mental health, prime example. Again, amino acid deficiencies, protein. People think protein is just for bodybuilders. No, protein's responsible for every chemical reaction in the body. If you didn't know that, now you know. So how do you go about educating people on this? Because obviously it's a massive minefield. So people are coming to you, uh, and again, they've got some issues with stuff. How do you go about educating people that have basically had their entire lives, maybe 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of misinformation? How do you go about re-educating people?
1: Well, you know, I congratulate you for how you go about it, because you reached a whole wide range of public who may be only marginally interested. I reach just people who are very interested in bone health because no one's going to take the trouble to do all the things I tell them to do unless they have an (laughs) impending crisis, you know, or they just saw their mother fracture and they don't want to fracture if they fracture just falling down, walking their dog. So what, what, what I do, I have a very select audience of people who really want to learn and because they see it related to their life and they've been terrified by the scare of having a hip fracture, for example. So we write, I have a, I have a hundred thousand articles on the website, betterbones.com. Every topic you could think of related. What I do is report the latest research. I have hundreds of videos on the YouTube channel, Susan Brown, YouTube, and No, but
0: uh, my my videographer, Mikey, will ping all the links at the bottom as you're talking. Oh, I appreciate it. Because I've been watching your YouTube videos, I've been reading your articles, and they are fascinating. Like, genuinely, I'm really impressed with the quality of the content you put out there. That is free for people as well. Absolutely brilliant. So I just want to say, like, I just want to commend you on that because the information you give for free is absolutely quality.
1: And the world, the, the things are going to change because of people just like you, because you spark the interest of people who maybe you catch something about weight loss, or maybe you catch something about blood sugar control. I mean, everyone is going to end up friggin' diabetic if we don't do something no. soon. And you guys are helping, you you know? So people get on the, somebody on that same vibrational tendency is going to hook up with you and say, Hey, I can take a step ahead. And we're like that with bone health. If people are tuned into bone health, or they happen to hear about pH balance and realize that one of the rate-limiting factors for long-term health is pH balance. It's not that it makes a difference today or tomorrow. It's if you want to live a long... In fact, bone health as a whole. It's only important if you want to live a long time. (laughs) <laughs> because person you know, can probably live to 60, 70 without breaking anything. But if you want to live a long while, like my grandmother did in longer, I mean, they're saying we could live 115 years easily and mm-hmm. you want to have a very good bone structure. So we work with, we work with videos. We work with, we're doing actually one interesting thing we're doing, which you might find interesting is that we've, because of COVID, we, we, we always gave in-person retreats for selected people who said, let's. They would pay a lot of money to come. We'd go to Sedona or Myrtle Beach. We had these wonderful small groups that would we'd take them through the six steps of the Better Bones, Better Body program. And that was great, but with COVID, we couldn't do it. So we started doing it online. And now we can have a hundred people at a time that we teach every single step of the program, teach them how to assess their own problem, teach them everything that they need to know about nutrients, teach them the basics of exercise principles for bone stress reduction. Like it's... I think that bone health, like every other health concern, is related to emotional distress, oh. very strongly related. And we can chat about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, if yeah, you want. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say at the end, because um, I didn't know if you knew that I knew about your retreat, but I yeah. knew about yeah. it. So I wanted to talk about that at the end to get people on board. Oh, great. Yeah, so, because, it,
1: because, you know, what? I'm, I'm really, a, my mission is really to have every interested person in the world have the opportunity to learn that they can take charge of their bone health to, to help women look at bone health differently and help women be treated differently about bone health. Today, you if you have a low bone density, they, they invented these machines that, 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 well, that's a long story and I can take you there. I was at the first meetings when they developed those machines and they had great hopes. They said, this is Harvard, 1984. We're gonna be able to predict fracture because we can measure bone density. They went and collected data for 10, 15 years. They looked at the data, said, oh, darn, we better, <laughs> we better analyze this more carefully because it turns out you can't predict fracture. 80% of the people who fracture don't have an osteoporotic bone density. And many people with low bone density never fracture. And so it's like a big scare that doesn't serve women at all. We have to look at a bone health concern as an opportunity to say, look, I'm gonna take charge. This is my stimulus to take charge of my health because of a bone health concern.
0: Me and you are on the same mission. Yeah, yeah, My, yeah. M- mine's mental health, yours yeah. is bone health. But you share the same passion about bone health, side about mental health, and I absolutely yeah. love it. So can I just? Sorry, we can say sorry.
1: No, I say it would be very easy to get fired up about mental health because there's so much abuse in this field, and there's so much lost life that are people are put on these drugs oh. and no attempt to find out the cause of the problem. So and that's, I,
0: that's yeah. what we had, um, Dr. Bob, Bob Bukowski on, you might be aware of him, not sure, but again, we had him on talking specifically about that. So that was absolutely incredible. So he, again, that guy is just, Incredible. But can we just link it back? I just want to pick on what you said about um, stress factors uh, when it comes to bone health, um, because obviously stress, mental health and all that sort of stuff sort of goes hand in hand. So can we talk a little bit about how stress can or doesn't, does or doesn't, I don't know, uh, impacts bone health?
1: Well, certainly can. And for, for decades, women have asked me, you know, we 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 do a very careful history. The first thing we find out what's really going on with their situation, with their whole life that's reflected in the bone health. And they'll often say, I say, you lost bone. I can see between this period what was going on. And they said, well, can stress make any difference? I got divorced. I was having a really hard time. And, well, and I always said, yes, it can make a difference. And now we know we know it clearly. Number one, by cortisol, just having a just having a worried thought, we increase our cortisol production. Cortisol is that fight or flight hormone tells the body, hey, we better get ready to fight. We better start breaking down tissue. We better not digest. We better certainly not bother building bone because we have to take resources out of bone to get into the fight or flight mode. So cortisol, epinephrine go up with stress. They damage bone. And now there's new research, even more fascinating. From Columbia University, And it relates to uh, my fascination with this anthropological perspective that in evolutionary terms, actually bone responds to danger even before the adrenals. So in other words, if you have a fear of it in a, in historic terms, it would be, you know, some tiger, there's a fire coming over your area, or there's a tiger attacking you. That's a great danger. And what the body does, it gears up for danger. So the adrenals, of course, we know produce stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. But even before that bone is broken down to take out the protein called osteocalcin, which is treated in a it's it's undercarboxylated a particular form of this bone protein is sent to the blood and what that does is it quiets down the parasympathetic nervous system so it lets you run fight or flight without any breaks and this happens before the adrenals even act so the bone is sacrificed in the face of danger even before the adrenals get into action. And this is a guy called Karsensky at Columbia University. He spent his life looking at osteocalcin, and that's the latest thing he finds. So, yeah, on a very profound level, just the thought. And so many of us, it's not that there's tigers on our tails or, or we're subject to wildfires, although some of us are. Um, they, it's just the thought of, oh, I'm not good enough or I, I'm going to fracture or my kids hate me. Any thought can be we live in a state of fear. I'll tell you something interesting. Did you get the, you got the idea of the osteocalcin?
0: 100%, absolutely. So again, just to summarize for the audience again, when uh, you got the parasympathetic or the sympathetic. So the parasympathetic is when you're at your rest or digest, completely chilled, think meditative right. state. You then got your sympathetic, which is when you've been chased by a tiger, as Dr. Susan's uh, pointing out. So you've got the stress response, but what we're talking about here is essentially that the body's so smart, it breaks okay. down bone to stop you Going into the parasympathetic state. So it's stopping right. you from going into that meditative state. So it's forcing you then by default to go into the sympathetic, which is then ramping up all the other hormones and causing all the havoc.
1: Yes. And this is a guy called Karsensky at Columbia University. He spent forever looking at osteocalcin. And the most striking thing to me is this is before the adrenals even act, bone is sacrificed first. In face of danger in order to keep you geared up so you can get out of that danger. As you've probably explained to your people many times, we stay geared up, you know, there may not be any big threat, but we stay geared up internally, our dialogue is one that's gearing us up for fear all the time.
0: it's one of the things to talk about is the, with, the, um, with the thoughts, the fact that the the, the body doesn't know the difference between a thought and reality. So again, when you're having nightmares, you're having nightmares and you wake up and you've had your cold sweats and you genuinely believe that's happened, it's because the body does not know the difference. Your body genuinely thinks it's happening. And this, again, going to something completely off topic is the power of visualization and meditation yeah. and all that sort of stuff because you can convince the body that something's happened when it hasn't. So you can use it for positives, but most yeah. people use it for negatives, worrying about things that aren't really there, and it forces them into that stress state.
1: Yes, patterns that develop in childhood. And, you know, it's interesting. That's why some of the profound meditation teachers say, think less. Don't pay too much attention to your thoughts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, pay a bit, we, we pay much too much attention to our thoughts. More attention to the body. The body knows so much. The body is far more intelligent than the mind will ever be. But, you know, interesting thing about stress, I want to just mention to you traditional Chinese medicine. And over there, you guys got probably a lot of traditional Chinese medicine practitioners mm-hmm. in, in, in England and in that it's an ancient medicine. I studied with one of these Qigong masters in New York City called Nan Lu, a really nice guy, written several books on Qigong. He said, Susan, you're never going to solve the bone health problem because it's based, it's caused by fear. And fear damages the kidneys and kidneys control bone in the, in the Chinese system. So he said, your whole culture is based on fear. There's no way you're going to deal with it. And now we don't we see that ever so more true with the whole culture. I mean, we see fear being stimulated around mm. bone, certainly around COVID. You see terrific fear being generated.
0: It's everything. It's, it's, not, it's not even stuff like that. It's you're not good enough. You don't yeah, look yeah. a certain way. You don't drive a certain car. And again, the, the last guest we had on, uh, Jade English. So she was on a, a really popular British TV show called The Apprentice. Uh, yeah. And basically, she was debunking all the stuff behind that about how they're portrayed in a certain way and yeah. people put these people on pedestals. And it's just not reality. But yeah. we're, as you said, we lived in this state of we are not good enough. So internally, yes, exactly. Exactly. internally, we're constantly beating ourselves up. We're not feeling good enough. We feel crap. And then we're living in that fear state of, oh, what's that person thinking of me? Oh, what's that person thinking of me? Oh, what am I wearing? Am I being judged? Yeah. And then as you yeah. said, it's constantly pushing that into a yeah. state of depression, chronic yeah. illness. And it's just a whole cascade of basically, it's just, I was going to swear then. I, said, I promise you I wouldn't swear. So <laughs> say, a whole cascade of negativity. It's just, it's just not good, but it's understanding that for females, especially, as you said, they're yeah. constantly told from such an age Menopause. do yeah. after menopause, right? Be careful with bone health. Bone health. Bone health. Bone health. So, can we talk a little bit about the link uh, with menopause and sure. bone health, and should women be worried?
1: Well, and we should worried gets us nowhere. But it's good to be aware.
0: I, I love but that, brother. It, I love that. I love that. You you straight away just called me out on that. It's like <laughs> no no no, Daniel. Worrying will get you nowhere. <laughs> I, I absolutely <actually laughs> love you. I love you.
1: Worry is worry is going <laughs> the wrong direction. But so. In Western cultures, and less so in traditional cultures, apparently, as I can see from my research, but when, when we go into menopause, things like estrogen and progesterone really get very low. And those hormones really, particularly estrogen, serve as a strong antioxidant. And- And so there is a subsequent bone loss, which I think is due to oxidative damage, actually, at menopause. The average woman in this culture and in Britain will lose 10% of their bone mass from the first year before their last period to five years after. So if a woman says, gee, it's very young to pay attention to bone health early on. If you say, look, I want to take care of my bone health when I'm young because I know in menopause, I'm going to lose some. the only I've seen a couple of people that didn't lose in menopause. And one was a yoga teacher who taught everyday yoga, and she was very fit and she didn't lose a, a bit of bone. I saw another woman the other day who just lived a great lifestyle, did a lot, who worked a lot of physical activity, didn't lose any bone, but the vast majority of people lose some 10% is average. I see many thin women. Now there's a whole interesting thing about thin women and bone health, thin women, especially if they worry can lose 20% of their bone mass. So it's a, so it's a big, It can be a big dip so you can monitor that and you can prepare for it and you can watch to see how much you're losing by some simple urine tests that you, that we were talking that you'd mentioned in your notes here that Mm -hmm. I can talk about those tests, but menopause is a very good time to pay attention to your bone health and to realize you're probably going to lose some. So that's the time if you haven't taken, put the set aside the time to take care of yourself, to build some strength. To pay attention to the nutrients, like get your vitamin D tested, make sure you have all the 20 key bone building nutrients that we talk about on our website.
0: I'm going to get Mikey uh, to uh, just pop them up on the screen because I know they're on your website. There's an amazing infograph. So what I'll do is I'll get Mikey to ping that up as well. So the audience can yeah, see that yeah, as we talk.
1: There's, there's, yeah, so much you can do and make sure your pH is in shape because you can see if you can actually in a very simple urine test, see if you have enough minerals to, if you have enough minerals in the body. Particularly enough magnesium. Magnesium is extremely important. It's been overlooked. And people with adequate magnesium suffer much less bone loss. Mm. So yeah, there's pay attention to menopause and get get my book, follow the work, just bear down. This is a time to say, I'm going to build better bones and a better body because that's what it's all about. It's about staying stronger longer. And it's a great time to start right mm. in menopause or before menopause. So it's
0: about being a preactive proactive sorry rather than reactive like that's the key thing like yeah. just be proactive with it all uh, and I love the fact that about magnesium I get all my clients to take magnesium in some form because it's responsible for so many chemical reactions right, not right, just right. bone health but so many other things on top of that so I'm way ahead with it. I just want to quickly clarify one thing you mentioned uh, about thin women uh, losing 20% of the bone health uh, can we just talk about that quickly so what is a thin woman uh, and why do they lose 20% of the bone health that's quite interesting
1: yeah you know it's very interesting and I call osteoporosis, the people I see, I call it the thin and worried woman syndrome because <laughs> it's very associated with worry. And if you've ever studied Ayurvedic medicine, have you ever studied Ayurvedic Yes,
0: Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic medicine yeah, the ancient Indian stuff, yes, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And if you look at Deepak Chopra's first book, Perfect Health, he talks about body types. And there's a body type that is that tends to be thin and dry, tends to get constipated, tends to worry a lot. And it's... It's an imbalance of this element of the wind, an element of motion. But the long and the short of it is that worry is clinically associated with excessive bone loss. And you know why I think I explained to you about osteocalcin being taken out of bone, but also what we forget is the body only has a finite amount of energy and the body is consistently thinking, how am I going to use that energy? And it's much bone. The body says this bone is going to last longer than you, no matter what you do. And so I'm going to put this energy into the minute to minute survival, which is dealing with this chronic stress response and dealing with these nutrient deficiencies where the body has to shuffle and try to use everything it can in the best possible way we we don't give ourselves a full deck to play with, and we load our body with really needless worry that then depletes us further.
0: Mm, absolutely. So, honestly, you're blowing my mind here. I, uh, I I absolutely love you. I love the way you articulate this stuff. It absolutely oh, it, it, it's captivating, and it, it's absolutely brilliant. I've got Mikey, my videographer in the background, again agreeing with me with this. So there's a few things I want to go down. I also want to go down the pH route as well. And I want to talk about calcium. Um, but one thing I want to quickly sort of loop, loop back on and talk about is potential medications that people could be taking um, that could be impacting things that they're not aware of uh, and how you, um, how effective are medications for helping um, osteoporosis? Because we're gonna go talk about the natural stuff in a second. But yeah. so can we talk about medications and how that impacts negatively? And is there any medications that can actually help?
1: Well, what I like about uh what I like about you is you try to make things really simple. Right? You know, <laughs> this is a complicated story, but certainly of those 125 causes of osteoporosis, medications are a big one. Like I mentioned, steroids like prednisone one fifth of all osteoporosis is caused by that. If you have to take medicine, if they say you have so much inflammation, you need steroids, you should get to the cause of the problem. Mm. There's a lot of good programs for autoimmune disease. A lot of, We help a lot of people with that. And many groups help people with serious autoimmune or inflammatory illness, try to get to the basis of that. Um, it's a dark ages to, to just limited the treatment to drugs because it will definitely damage bone. Other drugs, like even proton pump inhibitors, these, these people say, ah, I'm eating too much pizza. I got acid indigestion. Chronic use of that will increase your risk of fracture by 30, 40%. It's a very important thing. Antidepressants increase your risk of fracture. NSAIDs. NSAIDs. They, they, in, in the military, they looked at people who basic, basic training, they're always trying to see why these young people fracture. The people that use NSAIDs fractures five times as much as others, the people who are using NSAIDs, you know, just to deal with their pain, their stress from the, from the stress and the physical activity, very bad idea. All these quick fixes in the long run, really deplete bone. Um, even things like, uh, like I say, the antidepressants, the anti certain diabetic medications, so many medications interfere with bone. And the flip side of the story is, well, I got a bone problem. Should I take a bone drug? Of course, we here champion natural approaches to rebuild bone health. So we evaluate every case very carefully and see what is Try to find the cause of the bone loss. I mean, is the bone loss excessive first mm-hmm. place? Because we mm-hmm. all lose bone as we age, but is it excessive? And are there signs of bone weakening, signs of osteoporosis, which I've identified several signs I can show you if you want. But then you say, okay, well, if there's a serious problem, let's try to find out what it is. So one thing I've championed is the medical osteoporosis workup. If you, if the doctors told you, you should take bone drugs, you should say, hey, doc, if it's that serious, we should try to find out what the problem is. And then you get these series of tests, everything from vitamin D to the loss of calcium in the urine to parathyroid to cortisol. There's a document called the Medical Osteoporosis Workup on my site. You can print it out and say, hey, doc, I want these tests. Because very often there's a cause for the bone weakening. But the doctors don't take the time to do that, they just say, take this drug. Mm-hmm. With not a lot, of, with a lot
0: of things, with a lot of things, though, isn't it? It's not just bone health. Yeah. It's with anything. Just, just take this drug. Diabetes. Take this. Yeah. So it's again, even um, like type three diabetes, like pre-diabetic people. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to become diabetic. You could reverse it at this point and get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, just, just take this and prepare for the worst it's like oh bloody hell like it's like you know the storm's coming rather than saying right just leave this place and go to a nice happy place just say band down the hatches and just take this drug it's like oh dear so
1: it's exactly you know i always say we have a choice between better living through chemistry or or working with nature and so each individual can decide do i want to take the chemical route which really abounds we have a pill for every ill or do you say, I want to work with this amazing body and try to maximize my potential as a human? I mean, it took millions of years of human evolution to get this body, and it's so sophisticated. And then just to, to interfere so carelessly with all the mechanisms of the body. Instead, we're about recovering function. And mm-hmm. so you can, every once in a while, I'll see a person that can't recover function or is just this fracturing too much. Like I have a good friend who's taken steroids for years for a health problem she's fracturing a lot. Now I'd say probably she should use the drugs because, you know, she's in a corner, but Mm -hmm. if you're not in a corner, it they're tricky because they may, they may halt bone loss for a few years, but then you've got to stop them because they're too dangerous. When you stop them, you lose more than you ever gained. Every person I see who's on a bone drug and goes off, loses more than they ever gained. So it's not a great solution. They can't keep you on them because they're too dangerous. They may try to switch them. I mean, it's like, you want, you want to do everything possible to to maintain your bone health and your total body health. And once you once you're in that game, then you have to you want to you want to know what you're doing if you can if you have to get in that corner.
0: So let's talk about that then. So how can we actually? I know we've touched on this in quite a few different points. So let's just like I want to have a nice big summary here so people don't have to have a bit of guesswork. I'd love people to get some actual take homes from this because again, okay, you, you've given absolute gold here. So before we move on to another thing, I just want to just summarize here of. What can people actually do naturally yeah. to help them? So let's say I'm saying to you, Dr. Susan, I've got to take this thing. I've been told by the doctor, I've got to take this bone drug. And we're saying, right, you're going to have to come off that. But, well, you don't have to come off that, obviously. Like, we suggest that you do. How do you then incorporate natural things to help support the bone regeneration, if it's possible, naturally? How What does that actually look like? I know it's case-by-case specific. Yeah. but
1: Well... I mean, we have a six-step program, but the first step, the first step is to really ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want? Because if you say, look, I appreciate the fact that I want to work with my body's intelligence. I want to see if I can maintain my bone health. Then you set about to learn. Just like you see today, we have an amazing array of knowledge. So much knowledge is really amazing. We know a lot about bone health and It's superficial to say, well, I can say, take the 20 key bone building nutrients. I can tell you what they are. I can sell them to you. But the issue is you getting interested in learning how to take charge of your health. And the beautiful thing of what we do is you not only take charge of your bone health, but you take charge of your whole body health. It's like a window of opportunity to say, I'm going to focus, use this concern as a way to build overall health. That's why we call it better bones, better body. So I would, I say to the person, We have now developed this new retreat system. I'd say, learn, take the retreat. It's very inexpensive. You get a whole workbook. You get all these, I mean, it's like an immense generous offering. Do this and learn the steps of the program yourself. And maybe you can do it yourself. And what are the steps? Assessing your case, finding out if there's a secondary cause, taking this list of tests to your doctor, knowing exactly what vitamin D level, knowing what happens if you lose calcium in the urine, knowing why parathyroid, just knowing these 20 tests that should be done. That's the first step assessment and looking at your bone density, what's really happened. Is it really, is it really a concern or not? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times a thin woman, you see bone density is totally linearly related to body weight. So thin people are going to have lower bone density because that machine measures area, not so much density. So Mm -hmm. the thin people are always going to get a scary diagnosis mostly. And so to take charge, to find out what this really means, Then we say the second step is to develop the diet, which is what we call an alkaline diet, a diet, a high mineral diet. We've written books on it. We have a whole website called Alkaline for Life. It's just getting all those fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. And we have developed a simple way to measure your pH, which is first morning urine. You just get a little pH paper. You measure first morning urine. You can tell if you have enough minerals. We we provide a kit for that if people are interested. Then you say, okay, I got to really pay attention to my exercise. And so then you learn the principles of how you build bone with exercise. And there's some details like, like, for example, you only build bone in the, when you build muscle, you build bone, but you, it's the bone that you load. Like if I work with this arm with weights, that's going to go strong. This arm is not going to go strong. It's all about the, the, where we place the weights and how we use weight. We have Belinda Beck. Belinda Beck is a doctor in Australia who started the bone health clinic. She has these older women doing strength training, like a few Olympic weightlifts. Mm. These people are building 10, 15% of bone. Mm. And we've just done an interview with her. I'd be great for you to do an interview with her one time. She's really amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's an amazing researcher. And she has blown this myth that you can't rebuild bone in older age, but she has trainers right there with them. It's very carefully supervised, but the exercise is is, is, is very important. And we teach those basics. Then we look, we have a whole section on digestion. If you say, look, I've got a lot of irritable bowel, I got diarrhea. You have to correct that because you need to get your nutrients absorbed. And then we deal with stress reduction. So we take them through every single step. So I'd say, I can, I can see you in an expensive appointment. I can do whatever, but you got to learn. So Mm. take the opportunity, join this webinar, learn the stuff yourself. Then if you need some additional help, you're empowered to do it. We, If we sit, if we don't take charge of our health, someone else is going to take charge of it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to and take make charge. Make money from it. Yep.
0: Uh, everything we're talking about here is, again, I hope my audience is picking up on this from other things we've spoken about with uh, guests when it comes to mental health, mindset stuff. Again, we had Dr. Bob talking about all that stuff we spoke about. Right. It comes down to very similar things. When it's not just about bone health, It's about overall health. The fact that you mentioned before, so let me just loop it back about obviously cortisol, stress hormones. So again, that affects mental health. We've got inflammation. So again, we said this before, inflammation breeds inflammation. Our diet in the Western culture is full of things that are inflammatory, like just very processed, not nutrient dense foods at all. If you're inflamed, it breeds inflammation. It can cause inflammation of the brain that can cause mental health issues like depression. We then spoke about digestion again. So we're saying, again, both of us champion uh, a plant-based diet. Now, plant-based diet, let me say this again, plant-based diet. That does not mean vegan. It means plant-based, which means right. that you can also get your meat in there if you want to, your fish, whatever it is. You need to get your protein in there, but you want to get your vegetables and your fruits, plant-based, get all the nutrients in. But if you can't digest and absorb it, yep, it is exactly. absolutely useless. So right. there's, it's one of those things where it's almost like a cascade of things where if you sort the basic fundamental problems out, the rest of it falls into place.
1: Yes, yes, But yes, most
0: yes. people want to just hit one thing rather than everything, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. So, you know, people start where, they, where they're interested. You know, and I mean, if they say, well, I really love this idea. I want to, I, I know I should eat better or I know I'm lowing in exercise. People can start where they want, but like in both what you do and I do, it's good to see the big picture, that the Absolutely. body is one single unit. And this idea of fragmenting, even the thoughts are told to- such an important part of our unit. We want to, we want to, we want to reconstruct and transform the whole unit. We want to support the whole unit as one fabric.
0: Absolutely. So before we go into pH, uh, can we just talk about calcium? Because sure. P- we are bombarded in the Western culture, calcium, calcium, bone health, calcium, calcium, milk, cereals, fortified with calcium, calcium, calcium. Yeah. I know we spoke about a little bit. I know that calcium isn't, what it's cracked up to be. So can we potentially talk about why calcium can be potentially um, uh, detrimental to bone Mm -hmm. health and why calcium is pushed when it shouldn't be in isolation?
1: Well, you know, you could get cynical and say, follow the money. I mean, because the dairy industry has very, very highly, for years they have done – millions and millions of dollars in studies trying to show that dairy was the key factor in bone health. And it, it, it simplistically might make some sense. The bone has got a lot of calcium in it. You might say, take calcium, you build bone. But as it turns out, like those cows, they don't have to eat. They don't have to eat any dairy and they have strong bones. I mean, the body has a mechanism to produce strong bones that's not reliant on calcium. And we need a certain amount of calcium, like this, when I first did these studies, I find I found cultures where three hundred milligrams of calcium, is they had they were perfectly fine on it. We do a lot of calcium wasting things, like high amounts of salt, high amounts of caffeine, processed foods that cause us to lose calcium in the urine, and even stress causes a loss of calcium in the urine. But the point is, calcium is way overdone, and we've always said it's a very bad idea to use high dose calcium because it throws everything out of balance. And you can likely, if you saturate the system, you can likely precipitate calcium out in the arteries. And this is what they found. if When they looked at studies where they gave people maybe 1500 milligrams of calcium supplements, and they also gave them vitamin D, you see without vitamin D, you can't absorb calcium. You can absorb very little. So, so so when they give you vitamin D and calcium, then you absorb more calcium, you get too much calcium. And you know how you can tell if you're, you ask for a test for ionized calcium. That is the active form of calcium in the blood. It's a very inexpensive test, not serum calcium, but ionized. And like, if that starts to get a little high, then, you know, hey I better cut down. If it gets very high, you have a parathyroid problem, but it gets a little high. So basically what we say is many of our clients We we never supplement with more than 500 milligrams of calcium. And that seems to be adequate for most people. People that have a lot, that like dairy, have a lot of dairy, maybe need much less. But it's, we certainly have more magnesium than calcium. And we certainly always use vitamin K as MK7, which is the one primary known factor to prevent arterial calcification.
0: So when it comes to magnesium as well, how important is magnesium in this process? Because um, I I give my clients magnesium. I normally, it's about 400 milligrams, give or take, the the tablets I'd normally recommend. Can you take too much magnesium as well? Is it like calcium? I know in in super high dosages, but is magnesium safe to take in high dosages by itself? Uh, Like what's the situation with that?
1: Well, you know, you you always have to put this in the context of the individual. I mean, if a person had really severe, if they were in kidney failure, for example, you wouldn't excrete excess potassium. My dad, when he got older, he was like hundred, he, he started to have a little high blood calcium, magnesium. It won't bother you, but it's, it's uh it's because the kidney doesn't excrete excess. Now high potassium can be a problem when you don't excrete that, but high magnesium isn't such a problem. And What they found in studies in Europe, they looked at a group of people, they had blood from 25 years ago. They looked at it 25 years later and they saw who fractured and the people that had the highest magnesium in the blood didn't fracture at all. 25 years later. I mean, it was really, there's so many studies supporting magnesium. It's really striking. And of course it's lost right away in food processing. We uh, the RDA is like 300. The new researchers are saying we should have at least 600 milligrams of magnesium always in alkalizing forms, like a citrate or a glycinate. And we, you can look at our site. We, we have a thing called um, alkalizing minerals, which is uh, magnesium in three different forms and calcium in three different forms. And you, you want to, we use often a thousand milligrams, but here's how you tell if you have enough potassium, magnesium. You look at the first morning urine, you get some little pH paper, I don't have any right here now, but a little hydrant paper from like from like five to eight in very small gradients, and you measure your first morning urine. If you're 6.5 to 7.5, you have enough, likely have enough minerals. We have these, it's a, called a pH starter kit uh, with our my book and instructions of the paper. That, that's a really fun thing to do. If a person says, hey, I think my diet's great, uh, I would I challenge you to the pH test. Let's see what it is. Did you ever measure your first morning urine?
0: Uh, I have not for a very, very long time, though. I used to be massively into this. I actually was going to study as a functional medicine practitioner at one point. So that's why Mm -hmm. I understand a lot of this stuff, uh, because I was really, really fascinated by it. But then my path went downhill, and I started to suffer with depression. But uh, I was massively into this stuff. So I did at one point do that. I've measured all my my morning fasted blood glucose. I've done all these markers for stuff. So yes, I have. What what,
1: what was the pH looking like? What was the pH?
0: I couldn't remember. I honestly couldn't tell you. And this is is why I wanted to go into pH with you, because... Uh, I got told at one point that you can't affect your blood's pH levels. I can't remember where I heard that, who oh, yeah. I heard it from, but can we just talk about pH? And first of, all, first of all, what what is pH? Why is it important? And can we impact it? Because we've, okay. we've, covered it, we've covered it a lot today, but we haven't really yeah. actually addressed what it is. So people might be confused.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, pH is about acid-base balance. We probably all remember from chemistry class that things are very acid or 0 or 1 like car battery acid. Things are very alkaline like baking soda or 14. Water, like pure water, should be neutral at 7. The blood pH must be uh, 7.34 to 7.45 or you die. I mean, it has to be very specific. So the body is very happy to sacrifice minerals from bone and alkalizing compounds from bone to keep that blood pH stable. So, When the blood pH even takes a slight tilt to acidity, not a life-threatening, but a slight tilt, then you start producing protein less effectively. The enzymes don't work so well. Your immune system is compromised. And this is a study of nephrologists, kidney doctors, who look at these tiny changes in pH, which can make a really big difference, like Linda Fercetto at the University of California. She's a great researcher to talk to Um, and written many, many things. But people say, well, or your doctor might tell you, look, don't worry about pH because if your pH gets too low, you're just going to die. The body (laughs) won't let it happen. But what happens is they don't appreciate that a slight tilt within the normal range, a slight tilt toward acidity really has a big effect on cellular functioning. And I've written about this in alkaline for life. We have a whole article, how blood blood pH, how 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 food can affect your blood pH because people don't appreciate it. They They superficially say, oh, yeah, the body takes care of that. The body takes care of it so you'll survive, but it doesn't take care of it to the optimum level of you to have perfect cellular functioning. Mm.
0: I think it's interesting because, again, you're looking at it from most Western cultures. Again, let's use a modern Western diet. People wake up cereal which is fortified with stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, orange juice which again is all from basically yeah. just a sugar drink uh then maybe have coffee with sugar in it maybe uh, a chocolate bar for a morning snack to have yeah. a sandwich or some yeah, yeah. Of, uh, chips and all that sort of stuff then in the evening have a big processed meal so there's not really the evening meal if they're lucky is the thing that's got the most nutrients in so then you've got to think to yourself right so the body's got a range where it's happy but you're literally giving it all this stuff and it's trying to force all the goodness out of rubbish essentially if you actually give it good quality nutrients then it's going to be able to process things better so it's just understanding it's like yes I, I understand where people are like yeah yeah the body take care of itself but you're not even giving it a fighting chance and especially nowadays when we talk about coronavirus and the C word Mikey beat that out so don't get shadow banned um it, it's we're talking about that it's like right well your immune function let's just look at your diet what are you actually eating in your diet like most people uh, would happily take again uh, whatever it is, and. No. What are you actually eating? Are you yeah. giving your body a fighting chance to actually do what it's meant to do rather than just forcing it into the ground and wondering why it breaks?
1: Yeah, and that's why your work is so important to start with the very basics of are we giving the body a full deck to play with? And 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 what negative forces are we putting on the body like this compulsive thought or compulsive negative thought? PH is a really What's fun about it is the simple measurement of the first morning urine is going to tell you if your diet is life-supporting or not, and if your diet is draining bone, and you know it's a sign of mineral deficiency. You want a 6.5 to 7.5 first morning urine. Alkaline for Life website's got a lot of information on that. Like I say, we have a kit, but that is a, if you want to live a long time, pay attention to pH because what happens is your kidneys get weak as you age, and you cannot buffer the acids as well. Mm. And if you continue on a high meat diet and a high processed food diet, it'll weaken the kidneys even more. Mm. Kidneys control your age. That's what the Chinese say. I think it's true. That kidney energy, that function of the kidney.
0: You get the same thing, isn't it? It's like just looking at people that do live for a long time. Again, like your, your parents, for example, or uh, yeah. uh, living to 101 and your dad at 100. Or, and you yeah. think, okay, but let's look at their diet. I guarantee you yeah, yeah. that he probably wasn't shoving McDonald's down his face.
1: Well, you know, that, that, that does, that, that makes us think twice because my grandmother, um, they took half her stomach out, uh, for an ulcer when she was, I don't know, probably 60 or something. And she ate very little. She ate, she would have a tomato and toast for, she ate very little, but so we do But you know something? She never once said anything negative about anybody. She did not drain her energies with any kind of negativity. She always looked for the best in everyone. She was a simple country woman. Uh, You know, I mean, we, we, yeah. I mean, there probably is a very strong genetic factor, too, Mm -hmm. that some people just have greater resistance. Uh, I think how long those people would have lived, both of my parents, my grandmother and and her son, my father, if they'd actually they, they ate old farm food for a long time, but then, you know, in, in recent years, they ate she, he, my dad ate restaurant food, like anybody, cause he was, mm. you know, he was, uh his, my mother died and he just tended to himself and would go to the restaurants. And yeah, it's a, we do wonder about the capacity to have really great long lives. And certainly a strong nutrition foundation can't, can't be denied. I mm. have a good friend who once said to me, she, I was talking about diet. She said, you know, she was a big Christian. So when I die, the first thing I'm going to ask God is, does it make any difference what we eat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I vote that it does. I clearly see it. it?
0: But again, not just bone health, just overall health in general, obesity, all the other things, blood glucose. So there's so many things like, again, mental health, every, anything yes. that ends in health is affected by what you put in your mouth. And that's absolutely undeniable. And looking at the, the modern world and the high processed crap that people put in their mouths, it's not good. There's a reason why obesity is on the rise. There's a reason why is on the rise. There's a reason yes, why exactly. all these things are on the rise, and you look and as you said it's the poor quality nutrients we're putting into our mouths um okay. final question before we talk about uh, your retreat and basically where people can go for that uh it's a question i always ask all my guests okay but i'm going to flip it because i normally ask it in a mental health capacity i'm going to flip it for a health capacity so okay. what advice would you give someone right now who feels stuck and out of control with their health
1: well as i mentioned before I would just spend a little bit of time kind of, you know, quieting my breath, doing some breathing exercises in a quiet place, thinking about what do I really want? Because we usually do what we think is going to make us happy, but, and to be a little more conscious of what am I choosing to be aware that we are deliberate choice makers. Our whole life is based choice by choice. So what is, what do I want and what's my desire? You know, it's very interesting. It apparently, I'm uh, apparently life is held together by desire. That's what mode like life is desire. So what is my desire? You know, do I want to, do I just want to get along? Do I want to really serve my family more and not pay attention to myself? Do I want to be ill to go to get, get attention from others? What's going on here? What do I really want? And if a person says, I really want to live a nice, long health, and I want to have strong bones because I've understood the value. Then I'd say, join us, do the retreat, join our groups. We have Facebook. We have all kinds of support groups, um, just like you have a, a big support group. A person says, I want to be, I want to develop mental stability. I want to take every advantage to be totally clear of my, and balanced in my mind and body. So you pick, you pick a. You, you can't do it alone. It's 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 there's too much information. It's too complicated. It's much more successful to do it with the support. So find a group that is working you maybe read my books you look at our website you say is this the group i want or maybe you find another group if your focus is bone if you say look i really want to use bone as a point of entry to rebuilding health like your clients might use mental health Mm -hmm. as a point of entry to build their overall health and then you'd follow uh, every step of the program Um, and you can start out with books you can start any place you can start with exercise
0: but even podcasts, like you got podcasts, you got your YouTube. There's loads of information out there oh. for free. So you don't even have to, again, as you said, if you don't want to buy your books initially, go check out your YouTube first. Yes. Listen to the information. Oh, she speaks sense to me. Then yes. you go buy the books. Then you go on the retreats. And it's just like a little gradual thing. See of, what
1: resonates with you exactly. Where, absolutely. Where, you have, where you have harmony. It's all a question of vibrational harmony. And you've attracted oh. a whole bunch of people who... Who are interested in this, and we we're we're sending out this message: Hey, if you care about this, we can help you. If you don't care about it, God bless you. Good luck. Have fun. You know, mm.
0: <laughs> I honestly absolutely love you. Vibrational harmony. What a beautiful, what a beautiful way to end the podcast. A vibrational harmony. And I also, guess want to quickly hit on something I said there about vibrational harmony. I will talk all day about vibrations and stuff like that. So we won't even get started on that, as I'm cautious of your time. But I love the fact you said about people choosing. Uh, One of the biggest things I think people struggle with is they think they don't have a choice, but they do have a choice. Even choosing not to do something is still a choice. You're choosing not to do something. So you have a choice. Like Everyone has a choice. Like Just take control of your health, whether that's mental, bone, physical, whatever it is, take that control. You can do it. You just have to choose to do it and then have, as you said, the desire to do it and follow through with it. It's not going to be easy, but it's Mm -hmm. worth it. And you get to live a fulfilling life, which is what we essentially all want.
1: And that's how you, you that's how I so congratulate you for how you help people. you you can actually say, "Look, it's up to you. you know, yeah. you become realize you're become aware, become aware of what you're thinking, what your desires, become aware of the choices you make. And it's yeah. fine if you choose, "I'm going to continue what I'm doing, That's fine. That's right. Or if you say, "I want something different, then we'll help you get on a path to it. absolutely desire is the engine
0: desire is the engine absolutely love it where can people find out more about you and can you tell us when your dates are for your seminar
1: sure the um our major the bone health website is Mm -hmm. betterbones.com betterbones.com and the site where we really dive into ph is alkalineforlife.com i also have a foundation the better bones foundation which is on betterbones.com where we do little research projects and uh We're always happy for input on that. Betterbones.com, alkalineforlife.com, lots of hundreds, hundreds of YouTubes, a thousand articles on betterbones.com. So you can, you can read a lot about bone health on betterbones.com. We have a very active Facebook, um, the betterbones.com Facebook. uh, You can just write to our our office and they'll tell you how to hook up to that Facebook. And what we've done now are these retreats. Yes, Um, that's it. Yeah. So the retreat, the next one is going to be September. I believe it's the 23rd. If you go for betterbones.com, you'll sign, see it all signed up. It's not very expensive. And we had a we had an Early Bird Special, but you, you can just tell them that you know is a, that we'll be happy to honor the Early Bird Special for your people. Oh, we, what we do is we send, we send notebooks in this, so we have to send a lot of material. So um there I don't know if we'd have time to get you the material or not, we'd have to see, but we're we're going to do these every uh, six months. And so to stay tuned in uh, to this. And in fact, pretty soon I will be, we're going to require people do this retreat before they do a consultation with me because consultations cost so much money and it's better if they know a lot before, if they've done everything they can on their own.
0: So they know exactly what they can get out of you. So rather than it being, come and help me. And then it takes you time. They
1: already know. many people can do it themselves. themselves. Yeah, many people can do it themselves once they take the time to learn. You know, we're we're privileged, you and I, we're privileged to have a little higher perch that we can, we have a little energy to help people to share what we've learned. Both of us had our own health situations, got us into this. Um, I'm very grateful and it's a lot of fun. And all I can do is say is I wish everyone well. And if they're attracted, if it's some harmony, come join us. If no, fine, what you're, what you got harmony with and have some fun.
0: Honestly. Dr. Susan, thank you ever so much for your time. This has been incredibly insightful and your energy is just infectious. Like it's genuinely <laughs> incredible. The way you articulate things, just everything about from the moment we started this, even yeah. before we recorded to the entire interview, you've been absolutely incredible. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
1: You you noticed it wouldn't work without vibrational harmony. So I bow down to you too. No,
0: honestly, thank you very much. Thank you I very much you. for your time.
1: Catch you later. Bye-bye.